Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of CLCI Live. I know you missed us last week because of the holidays, but we're back, back with uh, another episode. Before we get started on the topic, be sure to comment and field your questions to us in Facebook and YouTube land. We will be monitoring comments. Actually, Jerome, will we will we be monitoring the comments? I know that's Brooke's job. Yeah. She's feeling uh, under the weather today, so she won't be joining us. But we will be monitoring your comments. We will answer your questions, and we will give you shout-outs as well. So on to the topic for today. Wait, wait. Uh, what? Get well soon, Brooke, if you're watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get better, Brooke, and all that stuff. Um, what are we talking <laughs> why are you, about? Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I'm keeping no us on the ball. No distractions. Yeah. Sorry. Strike Brooke, on. if you're out there and you're watching, also comment, <laughs> too, so we know you're alive. Um, what are we talking about today? What's our topic? It's a good one. It's rejection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rejection in terms of what? How to reject someone? How to take rejection? Well, I think there's, for me, two types of rejection. There's rejection, the act. So I make an offer and someone says no. That's mm-hmm. a physical act of rejection. But there's also the feeling, right? Because someone can reject me mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily feel rejected. Also, something can happen where I'm not rejected, but I feel rejected. Feel rejected. So for me, there's two two meanings to rejection. What's um, I guess what's different differentiates rejection from just like maybe failure. Because when you're trying to attempt something, and let's say I fail at a task, like I I want to go run. Um, you know, after work and I hurt my leg or I just don't go. I mean, that's not rejection. That's just a failure to doing something. But what makes rejection a bit more special when you're trying to attempt something? I think it's that emotion connection, that attachment and emotional relevance that you put to um, that concept. If you aren't overly attached, then it's not going to impact you. If you are overly attached, it, it has an opportunity to potentially uh, impact your, uh, how you feel about it, mm-hmm. your thoughts about it, how you interpret things. But you can get really attached to like <clears throat> goals that like only include yourself and fail and, you know, take that to heart. But that's not necessarily rejection. It's like we're missing a component to the rejection. I think rejection is it's personalized. It's got another party involved outside of just mm-hmm. yourself. Um, rejection to me requires somebody else to perform an act for it to be necessarily a rejection. Yeah. Brooke's alive and she commented on YouTube. Yay! That comment. <clears throat> when I'm working with couples, a lot of the times that's what they interpret from one another. They have this um place where they are not in a good uh space with their relationship and they overly 
evaluate what another person's face is doing, specifically their significant other. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes they will misinterpret what their partner is displaying, you know, with facial expressions. And that oftentimes becomes a place for landing and having a conversation. What was your interpretation? How did that be? What were you really thinking when you made that face? So opening up that dialogue in that space where they felt rejected can turn around uh, if they allow it. And Brooke adds to it as well. It feels like something done to you or an mm-hmm. action against you. It has social implications. It does. A judgment. It's a judgment, right? It feels like a judgment. Yes. And I mean, the feelings of rejection aside, an actual rejection, um, you know, is a judgment or a statement about you in some way. I know we say, I know a lot of the stuff that I've read says, don't take it personal. Um <laughs> When most of the times the rejection is entirely has to do with you as a person or some quality about you, um, even if you don't, people say not to think of it that way. Um, maybe, uh, may, maybe. maybe. I, I don't. I don't think all the time though, right? Like, yeah. if you're selling me something that I have no interest in, I'm not rejecting you. I just have no interest in it. It's it's not personal. It's not about you. It's about what you're offering me. I was True. at I was uh, at a bank. I was at a bank a while ago, and they were trying to sell me something. I can't remember what it was. And I go no, and they go why? And I go that's none of your business. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's it's another way to look at it is that you're rejecting the offer. You're not rejecting yeah. the person. Exactly. Uh, if, if like. A banker said, hey, like you can have like this deal. I'd be like, no, I don't want the deal. Not interested. I'm not saying I'm not interested in you, the banker. If they came around with a sweeter deal, then I might be more interested. But I'm talking about like maybe like let's say for a job. Mm -hmm. I've uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the one who's on Indeed when we have job ads and I'm rejecting everyone. So I I get to reject a lot of people in a very short amount of time. Um, Look at him smile as he said that. Yeah, because it's funny because I'll take it like, (laughs) I'll take things very personally sometimes. Like it's a personal affront to me. So like when we, um, part of one of our job positions required very specific credentials or certifications and i said if you don't have this do not apply you will be rejected and lo and behold people applied without the thing that was required and that got me very mad so each rejection felt very personal to me and i was rejecting that person for very personal reasons um in less psychotic terms though like job interviews in general (laughs) Like, if you get rejected for a job, you kind of feel that because you didn't bring enough to the table what the person wanted. Um, That can go for relationships as well. If you're pursuing a relationship and you get rejected, it kind of feels like you didn't bring enough to the table for to get what you wanted. Um, Yeah. I think there's, to me, I think really there's there's a selfish aspect to um, taking rejection too personally because 
sometimes I think you really, you're required or you should, I think if you're trying to think objectively and um, without maybe as much emotion um, in a scenario where you're getting rejected, it's a good idea to kind of step back and maybe think about the, yes, the potential non-personal uh, reasons for you not being accepted. Uh, just an example for a job. Maybe you were one of the last people that applied and they just didn't get to your, your resume and they had it had nothing to do with your, your previous skill set, your, your prior positions or anything like that. Um, it was something that was out of it had nothing to do with you so again when i say it's you know i i did i did have to do that in real life and you know whose fault that was it was jen's fault <laughs> because we hired her and all the other people who i didn't even get to was like well sorry we already filled the position <laughs> i'm sorry to those people <laughs> Yeah, so, so there uh, you go. Real life example of exactly as to how it isn't always, you know, as personal as we'd like to think that it is, um, which is a good way to really kind of um, help yourself when you do feel because I know you can and me personally, I've been there before where you can really go down that rabbit hole of sitting and thinking that it's you, you did this, it's wrong. You're the one that, you know, messed up here in the scenario, you're not qualified enough, whatever it is, but really changing your perspective. Um, and hopefully moving past that, realizing that you're not the only factor in this equation here can really help um, the outcome of how you feel. So, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true for some people. <clears throat> I was reading some of the research that we were going through and then looking at some others. It, it sometimes is basically they were saying it's built in your DNA to be sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. So you might still have a reaction to that experience but knowing it's, it's kind of what they were saying is knowing yourself and understanding that's a piece of you allows you that space to provide yourself uh you know your your morning process allow yourself to be in that space of releasing that energy because it did impact you it did affect you it does have uh, sometimes uh, self-esteem issues attached to it. Uh, sometimes even they were talking about attention deficit, how many times one, and I have, I am attention deficit as well and have sensitivity towards rejection as well. Can't even say the word. Did you hear me stutter through that word? Allergic to it. <laughs> and it's, it's a place for me when even when I feel that way, I have to do my paces. I have to, you know, allow myself that energy that I need to express my disappointment in or whatever it is I'm feeling and now in the end, my my intellectual sides goes, you know, it's not that big a deal. What what is this? you're not really even attached to this. How did that become? But it's still a process I have to go through in order to release that energy. So it depends. I would say yes, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. It just depends on I I don't know what better word to use than the attachment to the rejection. I think it hurts every time. No one likes to get rejected. It, I think you can kind of mediate some of that pain, but um, rejection well, to me I think hurts most people. I would say if you're human and have emotions. No one we did see that rejected. one video of the guy on TED who mm -hmm. spotted out that. rejection and then eventually 
for those of you um, out of the loop, you can just search this on YouTube, uh, TED Talk Rejection. But it's this guy who spent, I can't, was it 100 things or was it 100 days of rejection? I think it was 100, 100 days. days. We'll say 100 days of rejection. He tried to do outlandish things for 100 days in a row to get rejected every single time. And so he would walk up to people and ask, hey, can I borrow $100? He went to Starbucks and asked the people working there if he could work as a greeter. Um, other ridiculous things as well. Um, and he was terrified at first, but he eventually grew accustomed to it and enjoyed the whole process of getting rejected. Um, and he got accustomed to it. So there's a certain thrill in maybe getting rejected and like knowing that it's going to be okay afterwards and you're just sort of patiently waiting for the results of this rejection um i'm trying to think of it have there been any instances in your guys life where you were rejected and it was a good time yeah <laughs> and it was a good time oh yes i know there's got to be some yeah i can't think of any yeah. so i um i've been fired before i should have said close your ears guys <laughs> um and i have experienced that very very painfully i mean just gutted me it was so personal it was so hurtful and then i've also been fired where it was like thank you how many times have you been fired <laughs> i know i'm like whoa <laughs> Listen, I'm working the wrong job for me. Just know okay. that. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so I'm working the wrong job. It's like, I'm, I'm not a fit. I'm trying to be a fit. I'm not a fit. And then, you know, I get fired and I have experienced it so painfully, but I have also experienced it where it was like, yes. Oh my God, what an incredible gift you've just given me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go. You know, it was so exciting. I was excited. I came home and I told my husband the best thing happened today. I got fired. And his face was like, what? Huh? <laughs> and I was like, it's amazing. I'm going to get such a better job. It's going to be so great. And sure enough, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So I've experienced rejection being very painful, but I've also experienced it being amazing. I can see a, a scenario where probably maybe some of us can relate to here um, where you make plans maybe oh, uh, yeah, prior to, you know, maybe last week, for example, say just in this scenario that we're, we're pretend mm -hmm. making up, uh, maybe last week I made plans and I actually am going dinner today. So uh, this is not how I'm going to feel afterwards, but um, <laughs> maybe you go through an entire day of work and you, you know, you're like, man, I know I made plans later, but geez, I'm really kind of getting sluggish here. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it, and then your friend calls and says, "Hey, I had a really bad day at work. I'm I'm not gonna be able to make it." And you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is a mutual rejection. I like it. This is okay." <laughs> I'm trying to think maybe like examples of like rejecting you though, Jerome. Not uh, falling like because if you were a more sensitive person, then you might see it as a rejection. But yeah, I don't think you took it as a. Yeah. Rejection. That's true. Not very attached to it if you didn't want to go anyway. So is it really a rejection? That's that's also kind of what I was running through my head watching that TED talk. Some of those, you know, 100 um, days of, of rejection. Some of those, I feel like he wasn't necessarily attached. Again, 
projection mm. hurts. But I, I think that's what changed for him is he <clears throat> he was connected to what he was doing, but he wasn't attached to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are scenarios where we get rejected and we are hyper attached, and it's for a good reason. You know, things that are important to us, things that we care about. Um, yeah. Not to I say have, that that experiment wasn't cool. It was great to to watch, but I have sure. an example um, where, like, my value was very much like qu- or quantitatively like rejected, but I I wanted to be rejected, but it was also a little bit just like, hmm, I guess I'm not worth as much as I, you know thought I was or you guys made it out to be is when I was working a different job and doing a good worker, hard worker, and, you know, was pretty responsible and they wanted me to move up and they wanted me to promote. Um, and I would have to, you know, interview for that, take on more roles. And I didn't want to, I let it, I let my supervisor know, this is not something I wanted to do, but they kept on, um, you know, asking about it and, I eventually let it be known, like, okay, I'll consider it for like this rate. Like, if you guys pay me like $26 an hour, which I kind of expected to be a little bit more than what they were going to let new corporals be. But if you if you do this for me, I'll interview for it. And within the next day, I get pulled into the lieutenant's office <laughs> to talk about my possible um, promotion, but also about the raise. And they're like, we can't do that. Oh, we're 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 not gonna you know do that for you and we're a little little insulted that you asked for that much without putting the time i was like i didn't ask didn't ask for that though but that's fine that you guys so we're not gonna have this talk anymore it's like it's all right like yeah yeah, yeah. so why did they flip that on you they wanted you yeah (laughs) it's a smart move to do but i got rejected for my 26 an hour promotion that i didn't want um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you know was nice but also at the same time it was just like i why'd you guys ask me then um Ooh, that's a good one uh that brooke brings up yeah online dating <clears throat> i think it was relieving when people didn't respond i think because it was scary to actually have to meet new people online uh, yeah i did the online dating thing for like a week and uh <laughs> It was cool for like maybe validation, seeing someone like my picture, but yeah, I didn't really have any interest in actually creating. You know what is nicer about being rejected? Because when you're rejected earlier in the online dating process, it's a bit relieving because you don't want to eventually go on a date with somebody and then get rejected. Like after you like go on a few dates, which I have had happen to me before, but um, yeah. It's more personal after that, too, because if it's the first time you can like the first instance of meeting someone or not meeting, not even meeting them, like swiping right on them and connecting. If you don't connect that first time, who cares? You didn't invest a lot. But after they met you, then, oh, God, it's like very personal now. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are some other rejection stories? Lisa, you had a good rejection story. Yeah, I, I'm actually thinking of a different one at the moment. <clears throat> one of the first jobs that I had when I moved out to California, wow, like 19 years old, yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, I was working, I got hired at a company who had the person that was there 
was an excellent, excellent employee. She ran everything. She knew numbers off the top of her head. She just was <clears throat> amazing, very efficient. And here I come in, this little 19-year-old trying to fill her shoes. Well, I failed miserably. Got thinking I knew things I didn't know. Um, so it came time for me to be fired. Sad, sad face, fired. <clears throat> and I could tell he was feeling really, really, really sad that he had to fire me. But and I was in that begging. I just need the job. I just want the job. Blah, blah. No, I have to let you go. And that rejection, actually, you know, a lot of the times when you have rejection, you can look back, back at it. It was a good thing. <laughs> that separation from that company was a more healthy place. That next step that I went to where I became much more valued and much more in alignment <laughs> with my know-how at 19 years old, which wasn't a whole heck of a lot, especially being shy, very not opinionated and not having a voice very much. The next job, I started having one and growing into my voice. So it kind of a cool, cool rejection, but it didn't happen in the moment. It was after the fact, after that reflection of looking back. <clears throat> the story that Anthony was talking about, and I've told you guys this um, before, it's a lighter version. I was sitting next to, um, I was in the LAX restaurant sitting down having some breakfast that was like normal early for my flight because I didn't want to miss it. So I was having some breakfast. Two gentlemen come and sit next to me and we have this nice chit chat going on. Good morning, chit chat, chit chat. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I see this ginormous ring on his finger and comment, I go, oh, that's really a big ring. Um, and he said, yes, it's the Stanley Cup ring. Hmm. I had to look it up and Google Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> I know they're all you sports people always laugh at that because I had no clue what that was. I assumed, but I wasn't sure for any for any yeah. reason. So it was the LA King guy sitting next to me, and everybody asked who was it. I don't know. The point that I usually am making about this is because we were having a really nice conversation. I could and I did. I had two business cards in my hand that I was going to give it to them. And Jerome's or Jen's asking me, who was it? I don't know. He's pretty cute though. Big old cut on his face. <laughs> so I had no idea who it was. It was LA? Yeah. Could have been Gretzky. He, they were going up to Canada to go skiing. Anyway, I I, these two business cards sitting, sitting in my hands because I was going to just hand it to them. Who knows? Who needs a couples coach, right? <laughs> And I never got the courage to actually give it to them. So I rejected myself in that sense, right? I rejected myself and I even went through the effort of following through with that rejection, what I preconceived that they would do with my cards as opposed to just letting them do that. So that overthinking, that over um, postulating essentially of the, that business card, I threw in the trash can. 
because that's what I did is I rejected myself. I didn't put myself out there. I didn't give myself that space to, to risk. And, and when you're possibly going to get rejected, you are risking. Mm -hmm. What is it do you think that we are risking in those spaces? Your self-esteem. Oh, self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. Self Anything else? A feeling of worthiness <clears throat> or unworthiness. Progress. Mm -hmm. But I can clearly say today that I did make progress from it, mm -hmm. that I did learn from it that I had an opportunity to either let it drop me or promote me. And I chose to let it promote me because I would never do that again. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, yes. I know we've been talking about maybe some of the deficiencies of getting rejected and how it can make you feel, but um, there are some good things that can come from rejection. Uh, I think as long as you take it with a grain of salt and just like in Lisa's scenario, um, next time something comes up, uh, where you do maybe feel rejected, um, or actually turn, turn that rejection into maybe some fuel, um, uh, kind of like one of our lives that we've had previously friction and fuel. Mm -hmm. That one keeps on like that one for some reason, just stuck with everybody mm -hmm. that little friction and fuel, uh, those keywords. Um, so I guess going into our you know, our actual topic, how does this relate to coaching? Um, how does rejection come up in the coaching space? Well, a lot of the times clients will come in. I mean, you, I've already mentioned about the couples, how they will interpret and misinterpret one another, but you know, the average individual client can come in wanting to make a leap in something and having made leaps before, had that rejection. Mm -hmm. So they have some fears attached. So that work with the client through their fears and what's um, preventing them from moving forward. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, there was a client that I had who was, hasn't been rejected yet in this, in the space we were coaching, but they were <clears throat> afraid of the rejection and they were afraid of the investment and the loss of a time investment. And Brooke mentioned earlier, um, how does investment play a, world, a role? I keep hearing the word come up. Because um, investment is like a paying a resource. Like if I paid $50 to end up just getting rejected, um, I've got some weird examples coming up in my head. Um, but if, I don't know, if you paid actual money or had an actual time investment and that was for nothing, that feels really bad. Um, and some people just, sometimes they invest too much where the investment doesn't, it doesn't feel worth it to lose that all. Um, one of my clients um, from a while ago, you know, they wanted to do coaching, but they were afraid of being rejected by clients for not having a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to face that um which from my point of view i didn't say this but from my point of view not doing the coaching is already a waste of the investment that you put into the coaching and what 
our current sessions were about too. So that's a big one. Anthony. Yeah. That is a really big one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're afraid to make an offer because of the possibility that they will hear no, yeah. or they will hear crickets. I think for a lot of people, that is the scarier one is that they don't even get anyone interested who wants to talk about their offer. They put their offer out and it's just like nothing. I think that's terrifying. Yeah. And Brooke also posted in the comments, is it for nothing? Can you change that perspective? It's only for nothing once it becomes for nothing. And that's on the decision of the person who is risking um, rejection. So for example, um, maybe like, let's say a personal example, it's like, I wanted to do commercial acting for a little while and like film acting. And I would apply for these roles in Los Angeles and I would invest time and money into this time in trying to, you know, get the role right and memorize my lines and time and money by traveling back and forth out there uh, when I wasn't making a lot of money. And sure enough, I'd get rejected every single time. It's difficult at times when you are not getting resources back from an investment to keep the investment going. So eventually that rejection came to nothing. I ended up not pursuing that anymore. And the time and money I put into traveling to LA was really for nothing. Um, that being said, I can come up with all these grandiose, nice sounding platitudes like, well, I learned from the experience that people in LA just don't like me. Or, um, you know, I got experience putting myself out there and learn not to be afraid of getting rejected. But when I'm talking time and money, that was definitely lost. So there's a balance there that you got to maintain when it comes to our clients who are legitimately investing time and money. Rejection could be losing that time and money. Um, and I've had a lot of clients who are afraid of that. And I couldn't just tell them, uh, taking off the coaching hat and putting on the advice hat, well, there's a lot to learn from this. And <laughs> it's like, it's difficult to navigate that space as a coach. Um, I'm going to stop monologuing. How would you guys deal with that as a client for either clients who are afraid of losing um, something and maybe opening their point of view to more outcomes and expectations? Like <clears throat> So you're referring to like when you're making an offer, maybe when you're in, you know, um, some sort of consultation or is that more what you're so when, when the client is afraid of rejection and it's holding them back from making good on their investment of time or energy? I see. So you're saying the client is already invested. They're already paying you. You're already coaching them. And they're afraid to go out and do these things that they come to you and talk about wanting to do and wanting to achieve. Yeah. Or they're, they're already invested in their goal, but they're not taking that final leap where either they're going to get rejected or it's going to work out for them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the, what I did with my business cards. It's self-rejection. So I might, depending on how the flow of the coaching session, ask them, who's rejecting you right at this moment? Mm -hmm. and they're they're gonna guess 
Me? Yes. Isn't that a little bit maybe leading or assumptive though? I, that's why I said it's kind of depending on the how the session goes. If they said, you know, I'm I'm afraid of, to be rejected. I'm not putting myself out there. I'm, you know, that flow of conversation. That could be a, an opportunity to help that a client find their expansion and self growth with that question. For another client, it might not be appropriate. It just depends. But I would help in that space of helping them expand their thought on what was going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I notice a client rejecting themselves, I would point that out. I would say, you know, I would say, I notice that when you take inaction, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's almost as if you are already experiencing rejection. It's just not coming from someone else. What does that mean? I, I mean, I would, I, would, I would tell them what I see and I would ask them about it. My assumption, I mean, I probably would not vocalize this in the coaching session, but my assumption would be it feels safer to reject yourself than it does other people to reject you. Mm -hmm. um, it could almost <laughs> feel like it's an empowerment when it's really not to, you know, make yourself believe that you are accurately the judge of your own value and then reject yourself. Um, which is funny because we do encourage that kind of, you know, mindset in coaching. You are the final arbiter of your own value, but that could lead some people to be like, well, I'm worth nothing. So mm -hmm. I shouldn't do anything or I shouldn't pursue anything good. Um, mm -hmm. when that's not true. Um, but it's, I mean, is it our job or is it not our job to tell our clients that's not true? You do have value. It's not that we're telling them. Mm -hmm. We're helping them to find their voice because if they're already coming to us and saying, you know, I've been able to make the leap, uh, you know, I, I just, for whatever the reasons that they come up with, they're already asking essentially permission, mm -hmm. right? And we can't give them that permission. So it's finding out what their language is in the process of when they have risked, maybe in the past, what did that look like? When the risk failed, when the risk succeeded, what's the difference between the two? What can empower you in this moment based on that scenario? What's the learning? Again, we have to have a real situation to be able to have a you know the right dialogue with the coaching words but again it's about that um, getting that client to expand <clears throat> you know i've taken this a coaching class it was amazing it was a whole lot of fun i learned so much my relationships at home are, are really even improving based on the skills i learned but i don't seem to be taking it on the road i don't seem to be reaching out to people to let them know I have this skill set that's going to help them figure out who they are. I can certainly see someone coming in and saying that I've had several students talk to me about this process. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do with this? Well, I want to get clients. What kind of clients? And that's when we do the marketing, sometimes the marketing conversation on who that client is, where they are, maybe. 
Yeah, the and reality is, is that they have to feel strong enough to make the leap. What's going to allow them to feel empowered enough to make that leap that allows them to interact with a human and connect with coaching? Yeah, go ahead, Anthony, interrupt. I, I mean, I just kind of realized, too, you can save yourself a lot of rejection, too, if that's something that you are kind of avoidant of. You can save yourself a lot of rejection by having the awareness of knowing what exactly it is you offer and bring to the table. So I'll revisit the coaching space, but outside the coaching space, if I wanted to get a programming job and I didn't know a dang thing about programming, I'm going to get rejected and I'm probably not going to get a lot of value out of that. Likewise, if you're out in the dating scene and you're trying to go for 10 out of 10s, and you're like a one out of ten. Uh, Who gives that kind of number? I'm, I'm, being, I'm being facetious, but like if you are a coach and you don't know who your client is and you're just trying to put yourself out there for everyone, you should expect a lot of rejection and it's going to suck no matter what, even if you do learn some things about it. Hopefully yeah. what you do eventually learn is to narrow it down to who it is you're actually serving. And I mean, if Brooke was here, we would call it finding your niche. But once you narrow your niche down and find out what is exactly your skills can serve and who it is you're trying to talk to, you're going to find rejection happening a lot less often. Um, right, because you find the way you want to interact. You find the words that speak to that target. You find so many which is part of even what, um, how, how do you say his name? The the TED Talk J, is that is that how you say his name? Um, I'm not sure what his name is. I think it was Jai. Jai, <clears throat> that essentially he was saying have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though you're being rejected, mm -hmm. have a conversation. I mean, which I think, Jen, when you've come on, that's pretty much what we shared with you. It's not about we're not trying to sell anybody our school stuff. Right. We're having a conversation. We're amazing. We love what we have. Mm -hmm. And you're calling us. We want to share with you. And that's part of what he was talking about is the ability to have a conversation. And if you don't know what your conversation is, mm -hmm. then, then by all means, you're going to get rejected. So part of this is when we're in this coaching field is finding out what your conversation needs to be, no matter what direction you're moving. You, you want a new job. You want to move up in the company. You want to get better, um, better acquainted with your partners. You want whatever the topic changes to, it gives you that freedom to interact differently by just having a communication and a conversation, which is the connection but not the attachment that we put on things to um, have an outcome meet our what we think we need. And, and back to the, the coaching space, Anthony, that you had brought up about, you know, the client is, is not taking action or they're stuck in inaction. I, I think it could be very powerful for the client to recognize that they are going to experience or are experiencing rejection no matter what they do. They either put themselves out there and experience mm -hmm. rejection, maybe, 
or they reject themselves. Either way, there's rejection. I think just, especially for me, having awareness of that, mm-hmm. if I had that brought to the surface for me in a coaching session, that would become empowering because I would then recognize that I get to choose which rejection is better for me, which one serves me more. Which is the point about the business cards. Mm-hmm. Me choosing to reject myself is ridiculous. I felt ridiculous. I was embarrassed. I I felt like in the irate. How dare I <laughs> reject myself and not even give them permission to make the decision themselves? I decided for them. What kind of coach decides for their clients? I decided for them that I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Brooke uh, asks. Can we practice rejection with our clients? Can we reject them to toughen them up? <laughs> no, but we can certainly well, role play. Yeah. I would say if the client wants, if the client asked me to do that, like as a role playing thing, I'd be like, sure. But we're, here's the thing though, we're doing this as a role playing exercise, and you know it's a role playing exercise, and I know it's a role playing exercise. When you're out in the real world, the stakes are higher. So it's, your mileage, your uh, mileage may vary with maybe those kinds of things because it's not real rejection. Now, maybe to get onto the topic of real rejection, uh, there's probably fun examples of this. Have you ever been rejected by a client in your coaching sessions where either maybe they reject something you say, like a question, or they flat out say, I'm done coaching with you. You suck. And then walk away. Jen? Not not the you suck, but um, I once uh, repeated what I thought I heard the client say. Mm-hmm. And she said, I didn't say that. I said, and my initial, you know, response was like, oh, oh, like I tensed up. I was like, oh, shit. I can't believe I just did that. And then I just kind of breathed. And it was just like, okay, this is part of coaching. Nothing has gone wrong. Like you did your job and you didn't do it perfectly, but that doesn't, it's, it's, it's fine. It's okay. But my initial thought when she kind of rejected my reflection was to get upset about it. But then I, I just, I don't know. I just grounded myself pretty quickly and realized, oh, this isn't about me. This is about the client. I repeated her words wrong. She clarified that. That's good. I want my client to feel safe enough to clarify. I don't want them to just say, yeah, I said that when they didn't say that. Mm -hmm. So I realized that was, that rejection was perfect. It was so good. I needed that. That immediately made me grow as a coach. Yeah, that's something. um, It's a blessing as a coach to have clients who will give you real good feedback like that. Um, Mm Because on the flip side, I've had clients who don't give feedback and it's like, is this really working for you? Like this coaching style, what's, what's going on? Like, I I mean, I I don't, I can't think of a time I've ever asked, like, were my questions good? Was I a good (laughs) (laughs) But if you establish a coaching contract, for example, like, hey, what are we going to work on today in the session? And how will you know, did we hit those markers? If you revisit that at the end, did we address what you want to talk about? And then they say, no, 
well, then maybe that can be viewed as kind of a rejection of the coaching. And then you can kind of evaluate how to do better next time by sticking to the coaching. I mean, it might not be your fault as a coach though. So that's kind of beside the point, but um, Lisa, have you ever been rejected in a session? Yeah, I'm thinking of, as I listen to Jen, it's, I got a me too moment, <laughs> like Jen, um, <laughs> where I hadn't been, I'd been coaching, I don't know, for a few years at this point. <clears throat> so this was quite a while ago in comparison to now, but I, I was still really good at reflecting back what they said in a general way. Like I didn't use every single one of their words, <clears throat> but I used the gist of their words. And the female said, no, that's not what I said. I went, oh, I'm so sorry. Please share with me again what I'm missing. So she said the same exact thing. I use more of her words, so more verbatim, more parroting of what she had said. Still not the whole genre of what she said. She said, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at her mate, and I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm missing. I'm looking at both of them, but then I'm looking more to the mate to help me. Share with me what you know, what she's sharing with me, I want to hear, tell me what your interpretation of the share was. And I'm not going to go into that detail because it's a little more identifying to who that person is. What are their names, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> the, and I won't even remember that. <laughs> the, the idea was in this space, she was manipulating me. So it didn't it wasn't a place of rejection for me. It took me a little bit to realize. I'm like, I know I said the same exact thing. I even wrote it down the second time just to make sure I was reflecting back. <clears throat> and, 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 and in essence, what, was trying, what she was trying to do is get me to agree with her mm -hmm. on the topic she was sharing so that it could be against her mate. Mm -hmm. So she was manipulating. So not all things are rejections. They are misdirections, perhaps at times. Well, there's always a reason behind the rejection, even if the reason could be, you know, benign, or it could be mal benign. I don't know what bad. <laughs> it could be bad reasons that a rejection is happening. Um, mm -hmm. But there's always a reason and Maybe at times it might be obvious to the person being rejected what the reason is. Other times it might not be so obvious, but it might not be good to dwell on that either if you don't really know what the reason is initially um, because you could be completely yeah. you know, off the mark sometimes. Let's have a conversation. Have communication. That helps clarify a lot of things. What about the, uh, the reverse? Have you guys rejected a client in a coaching session? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, have. I, I have. And she, she wrote a bad review about me even. <laughs> What's her name? Yeah, I don't even remember. The, what the type thing, of rejection was it? I was saying that basically what needed to occur was counseling in this um, place. She needed to go out there. She missed that whole thing, wanted another appointment. And I'm like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I offended her mm -hmm. and 
She did not appreciate my no mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> yeah, that couples with maybe if you're in session and your client is maybe being very blatantly disrespectful to you, it might be the only couple times I would see uh, rejection kind of fitting into a session as far as what a coach should be doing when it comes to rejection or rejecting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you shouldn't really be rejecting your client's ideas or anything. No, so, not rejecting yeah. their ideas. Just saying coaching wasn't the proper fit. Yeah. Just so everyone is aware who's watching, we don't mean like the client says, hey, I have this idea. And you say, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we're not trying to invalidate our clients, but I've, yeah. similar to Lisa, I've had a situation where someone, it was a, a topic that covered like depression and PTSD or whatever. And I said, I can't, I can't go there. Like mm -hmm. that topic of conversation is a no go for me because I give the reason why I rejected it though, which was, I'm not qualified to have this conversation. I gave alternatives that we could work with in the coaching space, but I yeah. said no to that. Um, Jen, you looked like you had something you wanted to say real badly. Yeah, because I just realized I do reject clients. So maybe it's not real rejection, but when the client shares something that sounds like a limiting belief to me, I don't just accept it. I actually will say, how do you know that? What makes that true for you? what's not true about that i'll mm -hmm. challenge so i won't just accept i kind of do reject when i hear something that sounds very either self-depreciating or limiting and they can do what they want with it they sometimes they'll stay right in it they won't even miss a beat nothing i can do but i'm offering that that intercept of like hold on what else is there and some of them take you up on it and it's like all of a sudden they move in a different direction mm-hmm Yep. Yeah. Brooke's gone crazy in the chat because you just <laughs> said yeah. what she was typing. Um, yeah, we're being a bit, I mean, for the sake of the live, we're being a bit black and white with rejection versus maybe acceptance. Um, yeah. There's a lot of other things that you can that happen other than just in the rejection space, like a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. You don't just accept everything that's given to you. Um, you can challenge it um to explore more in depth um i had a train of thought that i just lost but it is possible though that when you as a coach challenge your client's belief or thought that they will take it as a rejection that is possible mm -hmm. that's and fine so if the client <laughs> does take it as a rejection and gets offended then what do we do i've never had that happen I so, yeah, they, they don't they, feel like we're usually out to get them though when we do that you know we're so, in that challenge language mm -hmm. we've already established rapport we've already got some of who they are you know they've got who we are and they they know even by our body language that we're not it's true i would say truly rejecting them in the negative sense so i not experienced that mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. I have, have to have like a specific example because there's like two things going on rejection and then offense, which they can be mutually exclusive. But in this case, mm -hmm. they can be offended if they want to, um, unless they, if they share their grievance with me, then we can explore that. But if they're just 
felt hurt by my feedback um, and I felt like I was doing a, my due diligence as a coach, then it's just like, well, yeah, you can sit with that emotion. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is what happens sometimes when you're in that coaching session. Mm -hmm. They didn't expect whatever it was to come up. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that disappointed them versus empowered them. But oftentimes I got to say that work in between the time that they left and the time that they come back, even though that moment disappointed them, it, ex it ex exploded in a better direction for them because they got to evaluate different pieces that they hadn't even considered, which is what you said, Jen. But this can also lead into like if a client felt rejected by you, that could be an underlying sign that they're looking for your approval or your stamp of approval on whatever yep. yes they want you to co-sign, um, yep. which could be explicit where they're asking for your approval on something or they just feel that disappointment, um, which is tough. I don't know if I've ever told a client, hey, don't seek approval from me, but how do you, I guess, set that expectation from the get-go? I'm not here to give my approval I'm here to coach you. Um, how would you set that expectation in the moment or maybe at the beginning? So if they're looking for your advice, I'm going, of course I got advice. I've got advice for my life. I haven't lived your life. I don't have advice for you. Let's discover together what's going to best work for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I want your advice. Just tell me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's first discover what your opinion of this situation is, right? So it's to constantly move it back to them and getting them to communicate what their story is and then us asking those questions. And if they pushed, I want your advice, mm -hmm. I would ask what makes my advice more important to you than your own advice? But you're the expert. <laughs> you're the X, Y, and Z coach. You're the relationship coach, Lisa. You know relationships. You've coached lots of people. And everyone that while there are similarities, everyone is different. Mm -hmm. And what fits for Anthony will not fit for Jerome. Brooke said, give them the worst. <laughs> give them the worst advice. Well, that could be, you know. I Listen mean, to her. Geez, she's not even here, and she's telling. That probably could work in a coaching <laughs> example to like give an example of why giving advice is bad. Like I could say, you should all if you're working to get a relationship, you should get a divorce. If oh my gosh! Do you know divorce. there's a few couples that I just wanted to say run for the hills. I don't. I had to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. I had to get rid of that thought. I had to get rid of that even concept in order to work with them. But, yeah. but specifically, I can see how if I was in a coaching session and someone asked for advice, I say, let me give you some bad advice first. And I give the bad advice and then I would ask the client, now, what if I thought that was good advice as a coach mm -hmm. and you thought it was bad advice? Yeah, that's why I, that's why I don't give advice, good. because what I think is good advice could be completely different from what you think yeah. is good advice. Yeah. I'm saying okay. last person I gave advice to in a penitentiary. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, I wanted to bring this up really quickly too, I guess in regards to maybe marketing. Um, the most times and the best times a coach should reject clients is in the um, the intake phase, uh, whether that's your marketing, who you're rejecting as a client could be a form of marketing. Like I don't coach weaklings who are yeah. weak will mindless. Um, that could filter out a lot of people and get the kind of clients you want as aggressive as that may be. But also in your first like exploration sessions, don't be afraid to reject your client if they're if you feel like they're not a good fit for you, because even if they are a paycheck, I guess at the end of the day, you're probably going to regret having them on for like 12 months, six months, three months, if it's just not the right fit for you. So get those. Don't be afraid to reject people earlier rather than later. Um because it also could be for your benefit. Yeah. You could be rejecting potential opportunity mm -hmm. for a client that you actually very much enjoy being part of mm -hmm. sessions with. Yeah, Although that's, I that's wouldn't, we wouldn't, I mean, I know our title is reject rejections today, but <clears throat> we're not essentially rejecting them. What we are doing is saying that, you know, I'm doing the backstroke here a little bit, that rejection is, an education in a sense it's you know i'm not the best person to work with you in this given situation let's let's all be honest here there's also times where it's like this person just seems like an asshole and i'm rejecting <laughs> them because i don't want to work with them honestly i have had several of those mm -hmm. and it turned around mm -hmm. that's good mm. but for everyone that turns around i'm sure there is ones that just don't work out for people um based on just like incompatibility reasons so if you've got a gut instinct yeah where maybe you just want to person and there's nothing really else to learn from it just go for it mm -hmm. you might save yourself a headache but you also might learn from it i don't i don't know so um, if they're that horrible you can just enjoy taking their money that's true. <laughs> That is true. You can. Rome, did that just come from you? <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Oh, wow. You and Anthony switched roles today. I mean, it's oh, essentially yeah. the same wow. thing I did. It's the same thing I did with my job example. Just ask for more money, and they might end up rejecting <laughs> you or just paying you more money. Either way, you win. Um, those are my final thoughts. Um, don't be afraid of rejection. Use it, to, else. use it to your advantage, have a conversation, communicate, connect, but don't be attached to that outcome. Jerome? Uh, I would say rejection sucks, but um, again, it's not always going to be, it's not all bad. Uh, I think there is plenty of instances where rejection may come up where it might highlight, uh, even if, you know, I'm, I'm, even if I'm saying I'm taking this rejection personally, maybe it's for a reason. Maybe there is something about your life that you are ready to change. Mm -hmm. um, and being rejected highlighted that this is the moment to go ahead and do that now. So I would a say learning opportunity. Always, yep. yeah, don't always take it as uh, rejection as something just to drive you into the ground and keep you there. Yeah. Find a way to kind of use that to your advantage, just as Lisa was saying. Jen. So my final thought is that 
you can be the most expensive cut at a steakhouse, the juiciest steak, right? That's me, yeah. And and then there's people that that don't eat meat, and so yeah. Are you gonna take that personally and make that mean something about you, or are you gonna sell to the people who love steak? Good analogy. Wow, impressive. Steak, but sometimes I just want to make chicken. So it's not you know you never know. There's no, who will never reject you. Certified Life Coach Institute. That's why everybody should apply, register for our level one and two classes. Wait, we're not calling it level one and level two oh, anymore. Right. <laughs> okay. Also, here's an announcement, everybody. Um, we are changing the name of our classes from level one and two to coaching 101 and 102. The reason why is because ICF liked our name so much, they changed their accreditation process to be now be level one, level two, and level three. Obviously, there's going to be some confusion if we kept our names level one, level two. So now we are coaching 101 and 102. So sign up for coaching 101 and 102. I'm going to have to remember to not flub that in the future. We will never reject you. Well, there might be some times that we will reject you, but take our classes, learn to be a coach who deals with rejection. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share our videos and we will see you guys again next wednesday is that it did i do the thing you that did perfectly yeah. goodbye everyone hey everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode once again this is brought to you by certified life coach institute we're an icf accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses in addition to other podcast episodes Feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.